Hello, I'm Laura Hamilton. Welcome to Book Larder Podcast, where we share author talks from the kitchen of Seattle's Community Cookbook Shop. With this bonus episode, we're celebrating National Peach Day with chef, entrepreneur, and now cookbook author Belinda Smith-Sullivan. As a child, Belinda spent summers with her grandparents in the South, eating as many peaches as she could and developing a lifelong love for summer's favorite stone fruit. After a successful corporate career, Belinda went to culinary school, eventually working as a private chef and founding a spice blend company. When friends encouraged her to write a book, she turned back to her love of peaches, and this year released her first cookbook, Just Peachy, which captures childhood memories as well as the recipes she cooks today in her kitchen in South Carolina. She joined us in the Book Larder Kitchen in July 2019, just as peach season was getting underway here in the Pacific Northwest. Here's Belinda Smith-Sullivan and Just Peachy. Thank you for having me, and thank all of you for coming. Wow, this is great. Why did I write this book, and how did it come about? I grew up in Chicago. That's where I was born and bred, as they say, in Chicago. But my parents were from Mississippi. So guess where we kids, me and my two brothers, got shipped off to every summer (laughs) to Mississippi. The first summer that I can remember that we were there, neighbors came by with just bushels of peaches. And I thought, oh, I'm going to love this Mississippi place. This is just great. I'm going to eat all of these peaches. And I think in two months, I can probably get through them all. Not. (laughs) My grandmother spent all summer canning peaches and making preserves. And with the scraps that were left, we helped my grandfather make peach brandy. I like that part. (laughs) So this went on every summer until my grandmother passed away. We were now in Chicago. Every summer, my mother and my aunts would venture up to southern Michigan to there was a pick your own peach orchard up there. And so every year we'd get the car, load up with my aunts. I think there were maybe four of us. And we'd go up there and just pick peaches and come back home with the trunk. I mean, just dragging, you know, almost on the ground. And we'd start that whole process all over again. Well, needless to say, that developed my love for peaches. As it would turn out, even after my mother passed away, I, of course, went away to college and would come home and there'd always be a peach pie ready for me. Again, just stoking that love that I have for peaches. I eventually ended up working for the Coca-Cola company and my last assignment with them was in South Africa. I spent three years there. When my husband and I repatriated back to the U.S., I came back to no position. And you know that that can potentially happen. You sign a contract, you're going out of the country, and there may not be a path back for you. So for two years, I just kind of, you know, didn't do anything. We had moved to this area, and one day my neighbor said to me, I was leaving the property, and she stopped me, and she said, where are you going? I said, I'm going over to Georgia to get some peaches. And she just looked at me like I had two heads. (laughs) Why would you do that? Oh, because I love peaches. And this is peach season, so I'm going to be making peach pies. I'm going to freeze peaches. I'm going to can them. I'm going to do all these wonderful things with peaches so I can preserve them. She had me move over in my own car. She got behind the wheel, and she drove me up Highway 25, which I had not driven before. All I could see for miles were peach trees. (laughs) 
state? South Carolina. Okay. Yeah, Edgefield County specifically, okay. and Trenton is the city that I live in. It's about the size of this room. <laughs> That's why when people ask, where are you from? I say, Edgefield County. Because you can get your head wrapped around a county. You can't get your head wrapped around this little place where all there is is a post office that's maybe the size of a closet. (laughs) So I started experimenting. First of all, I went out and I tried to find books on peach recipes. There were none. I couldn't believe it. Here in the middle of peach territory I live and no one, not even in the area, written any just. So I just started experimenting, cataloging them for myself, writing down the recipes. Didn't know what I was going to do with it at that time until after two years of not working, my husband said to me, you know, when I met you, All you used to talk about is that someday, if you have the opportunity, you're going to go to culinary school. Do it. So I said, okay. So I picked up the phone the next morning, and I called Johnson & Wells, and of course, they accepted me, and I went away to culinary school, me and my little dog, (laughs) got an apartment up in Charlotte, and I commuted every weekend. But meanwhile, I'm constantly experimenting with peaches every year, because that's just the biggest thing that happens in our area, peach season, you know. Finished culinary school. I knew that I didn't want to work in a restaurant because I was accepted into Johnson Wells as a non-traditional student. And I would learn that that means old. <laughs> you know, people say, oh, I'm a non-traditional student. <laughs> Little story about that. The day that we went to register and pick up our uniforms and everything, I'm sitting out there and a little girl comes and she sits down next to me and she says, hi, who's your daughter or your son? I said, I don't have children. She goes, well, what are you doing here? And then she says, not you. I said, yeah. She goes, I just love it when you old people go back to school. I said, okay. But anyway, I got through it. Two years, and when you go there, the first year they tell you, 75% of you will not be back for the second year, and they were right. I counted 10 that came back the next year for our second year, but it, it was fun. I did it, but I knew that I was not going to work in a restaurant. So I said, oh, I'm going to write cookbooks. That's easy. Anybody could do that. Well, five years later, <laughs> when I had my personal chef business and my spice blends business, I had totally given up. I couldn't get an agent. I went directly to some publishers. They didn't want to talk. Who wants a peach cookbook? Only thing people do with peaches is eat them. What are you going to give them, 105 different ways to eat a peach? (laughs) No. I have my personal chef service. I'm running my own spice blend business. And I go visit a friend, an American woman living in France. She and her husband run a hotel in the Loire Valley called the Hotel Diderot. So I went to visit and uh, said, so what are you doing? She says, I just finished this cookbook on oranges. I said, really? And somebody's going to publish it? And she said, yeah. I said, hmm. I said, I wrote this book on peaches, and I can't get arrested with it. She goes, well, when you get back home, contact my agent. Contact my agent? She says, hmm, my dad loves peaches. Oh, okay, yeah, I'll take it on and see what I can do. It was my birthday. Last year, I had gone to Atlanta. My husband says, go to Atlanta. I'm sending you there. Shopping trip. Because remember the little town I live in? (laughs) No shopping. I spend the whole day in Atlanta. Can't buy a thing. Now, if he had said, don't buy anything, I would have come back the trunk full. (laughs) All day. I mean, I can't find anything 
to buy. So I go to check into my hotel. My cell phone rings. It's my agent. She says, call me back immediately. I said, okay, when I get up to the room, I'll call you back. But now I'm curious. So I grabbed the key. I went right over to the bar. I said, well, I can at least get my glass, myself a glass of champagne. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. So I got a glass of champagne. I called Martha back. She says, I have some good news for you. I said, oh, okay. A contract came in this morning for your book. I said, really? She says, and I have some bad news for you. Why don't you sit down? Okay, what's another glass of champagne? (laughs) (laughs) I'm lining them up now. I'm getting ready for the bad news. She says, two more contracts are coming in in the morning. I said, now what's the bad news? (laughs) Because, you know, you say good news or bad news. What's the bad news? She says, that's it. She says, trust me. And she was right the most difficult decision I ever had to make. You're sitting with three contracts in front of you. If I just had one, I would have been, as they say, happier than a pig in slop. But, (laughs) you know, oh, that's a very Southern expression. (laughs) So, and I I did go with the first contract. And then they said, now this was just March last year. Most people get a year to a year and a half to write a book. They said, we want the finished manuscript by September 1st. So (laughs) I didn't see outside last summer, which is a good thing because 103 to 105 degree weather, it was, you know, I got to spend the whole summer inside. And a lot of the recipes were already, in fact, I had, I submitted my proposal with about 125 recipes, but the publisher, they decide And for some reason, they come up with 65 to 75 is a good number of recipes to put in a cookbook. Unless, of course, you're Natalie Dupree. Mm -hmm. And then you have as many in your book as you want to have. Everybody knows Natalie, right? Okay. I actually finished seven days ahead of time, got it in. And now, remember I said the most difficult decision I ever had to make was choosing between the three publishers. The longest six months of my life were after I turned in the manuscript. Because now it wasn't going to come out until March. I was a nervous wreck (laughs) the last half and the first quarter of this year. So that's why and how this book came about. (laughs) One other little thing about it. I hope you like the photos. The photography is incredible. Well, I was at an IACP conference. IACP is International Mm -hmm. Association of Culinary Professionals, chefy types and cookbook authors. And uh, I met a guy from Nashville, and he says, I'm a photographer. I said, really? I said, do you like peaches? (laughs) He says, in fact, I have a peach tree growing at my photography studio. So I told him what I was doing, and he says, sure. He gave me his card. So I said, can you do me a favor when you get back? Can you send me some photos of peach stuff that you've shot and send me a little bio of yourself? Well, I wrote him into my proposal. My agent, Martha, calls me. What's this? Uh, Mark Bowden, you're putting him in your proposal as your photographer. I said, yeah. She said, he's not going to work with you. You? Why would he work with you? You've never written a book before. I said, but he said he liked peaches. <laughs> and and he, was, you know, he would do it for me. She says, I got to call and check this out. So she actually called the guy on the phone. He says, he says, yeah, I want to do her book. And she said, her book? Yeah. And I, I'm just kind of, at this point, I'm like, Martha, you work for me. <laughs> you get 15% off the top of anything that I get. 
show me the love, you know? <laughs> so anyway, it all came together, and this is my book, and I'm so proud of it. When I got the first copy in the, in the mail, my neighbor came over and took a little video of me. I cried. Oh, oh I cried. That night, I slept with the Good book night. like this. <laughs> I I was just so in love, if you could be in love with a book. I'm still having that love affair thing going on with it. Even now, I tell you, sometimes when I'm at home and I have some extra time, I'll just pick it up again. Not like I haven't read it a hundred times, right? But I just flip through and I look at the pictures and I go, yeah, I wrote that recipe. You know, so anyway. Do you have any questions? I noticed some pictures in here from some of your recipes. Yes. Uh, Were these... Things, recipes that you made and then he photographed? And... Okay. There's this magical third step that goes on. Oh, yeah. I wrote the recipes. Right. Of course, I tested them all. Right. My neighbors, I'm the most loved person in the, in the area <laughs> because I have a food allergy where I can't eat everything, so I oh, really have to rely. Man. I'm allergic to eggs. Oh, man. What dessert worth its weight? Except for pies, does not have egg in it, right? <laughs> so I, after a while, my neighbors, they stop answering the door. Get away from here. You know, <laughs> we, we're, we're peached out. <laughs> we don't want any more peaches. And we're getting fat. <laughs> so I take the, write the recipes. I test them several times. They get neighbor stamped approved. <laughs> and then he works with a food stylist. And she makes the dish all over again right. and makes it pretty. Oh, and then he takes the photo. He's in Nashville. They're both in Nashville. Well, you were agonizingly waiting for the book to be published. Did you think back on any of your recipes and go, oh, I need to tweak that a little bit? Or... <laughs> I can honestly say no. If I had just had six months or four months to write them in a rushed manner, but I had been making these so many years yeah. over and over again. There are just a few that I added there. They're all mine except for five. I point them out in there. There's, a, I think, a peach pizza that my neighbor gave me. Curried peaches. Uh, one of the growers, Chappelle Farms, one of the owners gave me her mother's peach cobbler recipe. So that's not my peach cobbler. That's hers. I said five, didn't I? Oh, a friend of mine made a special drink called Peach Passion. It's in the back. It's made with a What's that Irish? Jameson's. They had been tested for many years. Again, I had put it away. I put everything away. I had just given up, I, you know, because I said, this is not going to happen. Move on. And I did have my spice business at the time, and that just kept me really, really busy. What's your next book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you. <laughs> but I have just as much passion around it. I was talking to Lori, and I was telling her that, some authors can just say, okay, it's been two years since my last book. And they look, what can I write next? And there's not a real connection to it, but I'm just as connected to my next book as I was to this one. I mean, I think you read the dedication in there. And this is about my mother and my grandmother. I really wanted to honor them in some way. And I was glad that I could do that. And I had to fight to get their pictures in the, in the book. And the picture of my little doggy on there. <laughs> Sir Winston Churchill. <laughs> and he spent all summer 
sitting on my lap while I wrote the book. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I was in Greenville, South Carolina, three weeks ago doing a demo and a book signing. And after I, you know, talked to everyone, I said, you know, do you have any questions for me? All the questions were about the dog. I, I said, hey, Paul, this is about me. Ask me questions about me. <laughs> but no, that's the love of my life. <laughs> What's your spice business? Do you blend spices? Yes, I have my own spice blends. And again, a fluke thing. It seems that I'm always just kind of falling into these things. As I said, I started my own personal chef service. Personal chef is someone that comes into your home and creates an event for you. So we bring a lot of stuff with us. And one of the things that I found that I was bringing all the time were two and three boxes of spices, spices and blends and, you know, herbs, dried herbs. So I thought, I'm a chef. I know that there are are only so many flavor profiles. Mm -hmm. So I started making these shortcuts for myself, developed around specific flavor profiles. Well, everybody started asking for them. Oh, what did you put on that steak? I got to have that. I said, well, it's my own little stash. Well, I want it, but you can't have it because it's mine. Well, and after a while, you know, you just get worn down. <laughs> and you say, okay, fine, you can have it. So I started out with four blends, and now I'm up to, I think, I have 12. There are 12 blends. And again, they're built around specific flavor profiles because the one thing that I find, people have questions for me, First of all, they say something that just stabs me in the heart. I don't like to cook. Oh, <laughs> don't say that to me. Who doesn't like to cook? You know, they'll never tell you they don't like to eat, right? <laughs> right. So in developing the line, I said, well, if I want to make this meaningful. So I'm, my target audience are those people who don't like to cook because they either don't, well, they don't like to cook and If you dig down a little deeper and ask them questions, it's because it all comes back to seasoning. They don't know how to season properly. So I just made it as easy as I can. You buy the meat, you buy Chef Belinda spices, you're a star. (laughs) My first flavor was my something I call everyday spice blend. You can put it on meats and vegetables and you can use it every day on everything. And that's still the number one seller. Then there's a grilling rub. There's a blackened. There's a steak. Rub. There's a seafood. There's a Greek. You see all flavor profiles that I'm trying to touch on there. And we've done very, very well with it. We're in all of the Whole Foods in the Southeast area. We're regional in terms of my spice business. And we're in about 500 Food Lions and Lowe's Foods. There really is a Lowe's. <laughs> yeah, Lowe's Foods, not the apostrophe S. <laughs> Or maybe it is the apostrophe yes and not the other one. Yeah, but everyone thinks that they're going to go into Lowe's, do it yourself and find my spice blend. Yeah. I wish. I mean, they have a grilling section. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. But that's how my spice business got. Yeah. What would you attribute the lack of uh, cookbooks about peaches in the South? I mean, you would think. Yeah. I don't know. And no one really noticed it until... This book came out like, yeah, there are no other. I have no idea to answer your question. I guess when most people, yeah, okay. ma- maybe they just think of them in terms of, think of peaches in terms of just eating it because they're so good. I mean, who, who 
doesn't have a story they can tell where they were sitting on the front porch and the juice was just dripping off your arm. And, you know, I mean, that, that's still the best way, I think, is just to eat them. But as you'll see in the book, there's just so many other applications for, for peaches. And again, we have so many peaches, you know, in our area. You got to do something with them, you know. I buy them by the bushel now. So, and I can tell you, they don't all make it home. <laughs> I have... I go directly to the peach, they call it the peach shed or the peach packing shed of our largest grower, which is Yonts. I have a van that I use for my business. So I have them sit them right behind my seat in the bushel. And I'm just constantly reaching back there eating the peaches. And it's about a 15 mile drive for me. I can do some damage in 15, in 15 miles. And my husband says, did you wash it? <laughs> No, I didn't wash it. Okay. I'm going to die. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, <all> right. <laughs> they get washed when they're, when they're taken to the shed. Yeah. Good yeah. Oh, there's this little section that's called interesting peach facts. And you can find, yeah. When they're picked, they take them immediately to the, uh, to the shed. They're defuzzed and they're, they're put through a cold water bath. That slows down the, the ripening so that they can get to your supermarket two or three days before you have to, because, you know, you, in the supermarket, they're still just a little hard. So you sit them on the counter for two days and then they're perfect. But I learned so much while researching this book. For instance, I spent a whole day out in the uh, orchard watching the guys pick the peaches and some of them will fall. Those that fall on the ground stay on the ground. They're not allowed to be picked up. And the reason why is bugs and small animals. They'll eat the ones on the ground and they won't touch the tree. Yeah, because they low hanging fruit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Read those peach facts because they're they're very interesting. A lot a lot of peaches are used in cosmetics, very, very low calorie. It's called uh, it's known as the calming fruit. So you get stressed out, eat a couple of peaches. Notice I'm not stressed. I eat a lot of them. <laughs> Do you have a recipe in here that's a go-to recipe that you find yourself going back to a lot more than others? Two. My favorite thing, impromptu dinner party, the stuffed pork chop. Oh, okay. By the way, my husband says that's why he proposed to me. Over my, <laughs> my stuffed pork chop. And the other one is the raspberry peach crumble. If you've never made a crumble, you know, you think pies are pretty crumb. I don't even make pies anymore. Crumbles are so much easier. And you can make up a whole batch of the crumbles topping. Lasts forever in the fridge. Now, when I say forever, don't take that literally. I say no more than a month. But I personally use it after two months. Yeah. There are three different kinds of peaches. You get your clings. They're your first peaches that come out. Then you have your semi-free, and then you're finally your free stone. The cling peaches, I just eat <laughs> because they're too difficult to cook with, Because especially if you're making a, a pie or something of size. It's hard to get them off of the, the pit. So the last peaches that come out are the free stones. Those are the ones that I will freeze. And freezing is so easy. I don't can anymore. I just freeze peaches. And again, it's so easy. I don't peel them, but you can peel. I have them 
I slice them, quarter them. Get a sheet pan and just, you know, spread them out. They're not touching. Put them in the freezer. When they get hard, then put them in your Ziplocs. That way they don't get stuck together and you can just take out what you need. That is a time saver right there. Peaches come from China. They've been growing peaches for thousands of years. And they still are number one in the world in production. The United States, I think, is number four. Yes, that's where they originated. Although most people thought that they originated from Persia. They were called Persian apples at one time. But um, who we're talking about? Oh, the white peaches. So you'll find the white peaches if you go to China. That's where most of them are going to be. You can maybe find some of them here. But again, not in not in the south, not, not in our area. Donut peaches, we, we don't have those. I don't think I've eaten one. I, I've seen them. And then there's something called a blood peach, and they're mostly found in France. I think it's because they grow them where they grow the red grapes, you know, the grapes for the red wine. If you, were, if you find yourself in a peach versus nectarine debate, how would you argue okay. that peaches are better than nectarine? You read in the book, there really is no difference between a peach and a nectarine, except the nectarine does not have fuzz on it. No one knows why, but the scientists in horticulture say that it is the same thing. For instance, the first clings that we got this summer, everyone kept saying, oh, where'd you get the nectarines? They were peaches. They came off the peach tree. So I'm thinking maybe they're just early peaches. But there is no, and I spoke to my growers, and they say, yeah, there really isn't a difference. Except one just naturally has no fur on it. <laughs> but they're totally interchangeable in anything you want to, you want to make it. But. So what do peaches that are grown there mostly go to? So it's still a good industry, it sounds like, there. Since Georgia stole the peach state, we call, oh. our, <laughs> we call ourselves the tastier peach. <laughs> our, our peaches are for eating. That's what we say. They oh, are okay. for eating, and they are known. Even people from Georgia come across What's the line so to buy our <laughs> to buy our peaches. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yeah. And so, are you using your frozen peaches then when you're making some of these things in the wintertime? You thaw those peaches out, and, and it's like they came off the tree. Okay. Really, That's and right. you'll see other people. They will tell you to use that fruit fresh. Stop. Yeah. Don't put that on there. <laughs> if anything, just squeeze a little bit. And it, I mentioned in it, just a little bit of lemon juice. That's it. That's all you want. Because chances are, whatever you're making, you, it's going to call for a little bit of lemon juice anyway, especially if it's a pie. Okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> you. Many thanks to Belinda Smith Sullivan for visiting us in Seattle. As always, you can get 10% off a copy of Just Peachy and any other books featured on the Booklarder podcast by visiting booklarder.com and entering the code PODCAST at checkout. And if you visit us in person, mention that you heard about the book on the podcast and you'll get the 10% discount in store as well. This episode was produced and edited by Abby Circatella. Our theme music was composed by James Coley. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where our handle is at BookLarder. For more information about BookLarder, including author talks, cooking classes, and to join our monthly email newsletter, visit BookLarder.com. And if you find yourself in Seattle, visit us at 4252 Fremont Avenue North. I'm Laura Hamilton. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.